0: So, as you all know, professional development is an enormous part of the Good Athlete Project. One-day interventions, workshops, and things like that, those have the power to really do good, to spread new ideas, to generate new thoughts. But as we all know, a one-day intervention lasts for one day. And the people who are really listening take the work forward and make the most of it, and that's good. We just can't account for it. So we depend on coaches to pick up the message and carry it forward. With that in mind, I've got to give a few shout-outs and and words of thanks. So Joe Eisenman, all the folks at the LTAD Playground and at Lewis University, uh, thank you so much for inviting me out to speak. I really enjoyed my time and meeting people out there. Uh, LTAD, long-term athletic development, is just such a necessary conversation in athletics and in strength conditioning. Specifically, I had a great time in Romeoville, I look forward to coming back. John Fiore, Paul Zantarski, all the friends at Naperville and the Naperville District, thank you for having us out to the DePage Clinic. It is one of the highlights of the year for physical education in the state of Illinois. It is just such a wealth of knowledge and good people. Uh, We had two presentations there, one called Beyond Strength, one called Sleep Like a Champion. So some really good conversations and feedback from those. Again, coaches, hope we pick that language up pick those ideas up, move them forward, and really start to create a ripple effect and change the lives of kids. Thanks to Gio, Marianne Hoke, and all the good people at the American College of Sports Medicine. the event this weekend in bend oregon was fantastic so many good people again you know I, there's a similar theme here so i love these professional development events so much there's just a, a collection of good people spreading good ideas and so thank you again for the invitation thank you for all the conversation that followed and i i just can't say this enough coaches physicians physical therapists doctors teachers of all sorts take these ideas and move forward with them Feel free to reach back out uh, to continue the conversation moving forward. This is some of the most necessary work that we can do. Upcoming events, the biggest two things we have coming up. This weekend, we are heading to just outside of Nashville, Middle Tennessee State University, to meet with Steve and Betty and learn about all the good things that are going on down there in the area of sports medicine, physical education at the highest level. You can learn a little more about NACAHI, and if you haven't heard about him yet, you gotta look him up. It's the National Association for Kinesia. And higher education. They're doing great things. Then on March 16th, we're heading out to Gurney to host a powerlifting meet, the Blue Devil Invite. Thanks in advance to Jim, Brandon, and all the volunteers up there. It's going to be a heck of a day. We're really, really looking forward to it. Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Now, on to today's podcast. Peter Callahan is a friend, arguably a genius, and an Olympic hopeful. Pete's a Belgian-American middle distance runner who competed for Belgium at the 2016 European Athletic Championships. Let me go way back to high school quickly. At North Shore Country Day School just outside Chicago, he won three state championships in the 1600 meters and 800 meters. Pete then went off to Princeton University where he set the school record in the indoor 1000 meters. During his time at Princeton, Pete won seven Ivy League championships, won NCAA Division I Indoor Track Championship as part of the distance medley team, and one All-American Nod as a Tiger. Due to injury, Pete was granted a fifth year of NCAA eligibility, so he went off to grad school at University of New Mexico. He placed fourth nationally in the 1500 meters for two years in a row and earned a Mountain West Conference Outdoor Track 1500 Meter Championship title. The dude is a legitimate world-class athlete he's also a top-tier human being and that's the point of today's podcast you cannot get to his level of academic or track success without adhering to a really thoughtful and strict process you don't just show up and become a champion it's hours and hours of deliberate practice. Look up Honors Ericsson if that term is appealing. But hours and hours of deliberate practice and being thoughtful about really everything you do. There's power in that, there's challenge in that, there's potentially danger in that. And we go through all of that in today's podcast. Where is the line between invested and obsessive? Who are the people and what are some of the ideas? that allow for success in such a demanding sport. I think you'll notice pretty quickly that it's people and family. I think this episode applies to everyone, regardless of sport, regardless of where you are in your life, relationally, professionally, whatever it might be. I think there are lessons to be learned here that we could all benefit from. So tune in to hear from elite athlete and elite human being, Peter Callahan.
1: And that's weird. That's I would notice that a lot of Princeton too, and, and it's something that I talk about in a question a little bit too. Is that like for us there was this sort of macho, there was this like kind of weird nerd machoism mm-hmm. about not sleeping mm-hmm. and totally. and 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 pulling all nighters and working way into the into the night. So you'd be, have people be like, dude, like I I'm working on I'm working on three hours of sleep right I now, know. and everyone was yes. like, oh yeah, yeah, this guy's killing it, you know? And so it's this, and it's like, oh, wait, we're no, that's that's you know, and you're sort of, and there's no praise for getting the nine hours, right? No one cares. But if you're getting
0: right. three hours, it's like, oh man, you're a, you're a, you're a boss. And it's just weird. The nerd machismo. Yeah, it's very. The weird. academic machismo. Yeah. You, you're totally right. I had, um, I don't think she listens to our podcast, so she probably will never hear this. But um, when I was in grad school, I lived in a house with some econ PhDs, mm-hmm. all fantastic people. And yeah, I mean, like I really yeah. enjoyed being around them. There was there was one person in particular, who would habitually be up until all hours of the morning mm. and alongside that and I'm, I'm i'm not saying this term lightly seemingly depressed very regularly yeah at least incredibly anxious and stressed very regularly every no joke every three weeks it what, the conversations that would happen just in passing in the kitchen were like i'm pretty sure they're gonna kick me out of the program yeah uh just and not recognizing, we actually call it, we call it the talent delusion. And I think we put people mm. at a very early age. So let me, if, if we can start at Princeton yeah. and pull back. The, per, the kind of person who gets into and excels at Princeton mm. was probably taking fairly above average classes, freshman and sophomore year of high school even. And sadly, from, from the data that we've pulled and from the uh, surveys we've taken, depriving themselves of the necessary health and wellness it will take to sustain that over the long term. Yeah. So, you know, we, we were in an advanced math class recently and we got this write-in. Dude, it, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, it, it, like, chokes me up every time and I've said it a thousand times. Yeah. There was this, there was an advanced math student, a female student, freshman, mm. in the fall of her freshman year. So she's like, what, like 15? What do you as a freshman? 14, 14 15? Yeah. yeah. Um, and her write-in... And on the survey that we gave was I haven't I can't write think write slash think slash read straight I haven't had more than five hours of sleep at all this week mm. like for even for a night this week and it, it's just like crushing yeah because she I think she really does believe that that sort of I'm gonna call it self abuse like maybe really oh, yeah. just not not taking care of your own health and wellness oh, yeah. is the route to high achievement I've seen yeah and it's and it's whatever
1: no I've seen it I've seen it all over the place and it's yeah like friends working on papers, you know, friend averaged three hours a night for six weeks and it was just like this is, that's not, I mean, sustainability mm-hmm. is just not there, right? You no. just can't
0: do that. And honestly, um, how good is that paper?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. Or,
0: or yeah. rather, how good could that paper have been? Yeah. Um, if you were sleeping for the appropriate amount of time, your yeah. brain was functioning on all cylinders and, yeah. and you were just more efficient with that time. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. We praise the grind and... I think it's the perfect place to jump off, especially in something like like your sport. Yeah. Your sport, and you correct me if I'm wrong, this is my impression of it. Mm. Um, growth in the weight room, at least. Yeah. Um, so that's my only comparison. It hinges on the delicate balance between stress and recovery. Yeah. And um, like really pushing your body to, but not over its threshold. Yeah. Fairly routinely, recovering appropriately, and coming back to do it again. Um, I think there's a ton of science and really good thought work going into how to do that on the track. Maybe there's not as much um, regarding how to do it in the classroom or other areas of life potentially, that stress, recover, balance. Yeah. Do you think that those, like in your life, Mm -hmm. academics, athletics, is there a parallel there? 100%. 100%. And I would say that's something I actually thought about a lot, Um,
1: especially uh, for me, and for me it's sort of... The way I've, I've, I've structured it in my head is, is around the idea of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and because for me, like, yeah, runners, we, we sort of pride ourselves on being very disciplined. Like, you, it's raining, it's snowing, it's mm-hmm. whatever. You're getting out the door and you're running. Yeah. And there's this sort of, that's, that's part of your identity. That's part, and there's, again, yeah, there's a little bit machismo in that of, like, I am disciplined, I am focused, I will go out, and I will run. Mm-hmm. Um, And so for me, the transition, especially from high school to college, was a realization that I had to sort of change that definition of discipline for myself. Mm -hmm. Where instead of discipline meaning going out and running, Mm -hmm. discipline meant knowing when not to run. Hmm. And being being very intentional and realizing that it was okay to recover, that it was okay not to run, that it was okay to sort of give myself a break, and I think and to get the sleep. Um, so yeah, that, and that, that was hard for me, especially, you know, in, in high school for me, I, 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 you know, was, was, was on a, on a team with a great group of guys, but I was usually working the hardest and I was mm-hmm. out there running the most and I was out there. And so it was easy to kind of, to, to see like, okay, yeah, no, I'm very disciplined. I'm very focused. I'm able to do this. And then all of a yeah. sudden you're a freshman on a college team with guys who are running way more miles than you guys yeah. were. And it was so hard not to get swept up in that. Yeah. Oh, I'm disciplined. I'm like I got to go with them. I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to get less sleep. I got to you know, I got to and 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 um so for me sort of pivoting that idea of discipline and 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 not saying okay I'm and, and sort of letting myself off the hook by saying okay, I am being disciplined by taking today off. Right. I am being disciplined by not following through on my urge to go do another workout right now or not, you know. And then I think that, you know, I do think that that parallels really closely to, to, to school um, where we're saying, you know what, I need to, uh, I need to go to bed now. Yeah. Um, you know, because cause, cause it's, it's important. I think it's important, especially early on when you're forming those habits, when you're forming kind of your, your um, way of, of, of doing a sport or your way of doing schoolwork, is to be disciplined in the traditional sense of, I'm going to sit down for the next hour, I'm going to write this paper. I'm going to mm-hmm. sit, I'm going to go out the door, and I'm going to get this running. But then as you kind of progress and as you get better and, 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 and start to know yourself more, I think it's important to then be able to transition to saying, okay, no, I know I've got those basic skills. Now I need to know when to pull back.
0: Totally. I, so what I see regularly and refer to regularly is the difference between, one thing that you mentioned was, yeah, when you sit down and study and only study and don't pick up your phone mm. and don't get on your iPad, you, what you're really talking about, I think, is the sort of discipline that hinges on focus and intentionality, and it, like that's a mm. really important sort of discipline. Mm. Um, what I what I worry about sometimes is that um, what I worry about sometimes is that people get caught up in I don't I don't want to say it's the fault of Instagram, but almost an Instagram-like culture. That's the that's what immediately jumps to mind for me. And that is, uh, it's this rise and grind culture. It's like mm. um, this self-sacrificing culture. Have you ever, I brought it up so many times, but I've not talked about it with you yet. Do you know the um, bad as you want to breathe idea? Have you seen I that don't. video? Mm-mm. Very basically. I don't want to, I feel like anyone who listens to this podcast <laughs> regularly has has heard it. But the bad as I want to breathe thing, I, I, I encourage people to look it up because it comes from a really powerful speaker mm. with really great intentions. I think he's a wonderful guy for as far as I can tell. Yeah. But in this highly motivating video, mm-hmm. he, he essentially applauds those who are willing to give up sleep yeah. and food and nutrition and self-sacrifice. And yeah. he sort of chastises those. He, he, he calls people out in the, the audience who are like, man, you don't want to succeed. As bad as you want to sleep and like calls him out for that. Yeah. And, and my, the problem there is that, man, this gets me worked up too. So the problem there obviously is that um, as coaches and you are a coach, I'd like to tap on that very soon too. But um, the problem is that as, as coaches, you have more sway and influence that you, than you might initially recognize, especially when you're a younger coach who's doing it because he's passionate about it um but when you are directing people toward not eating not sleeping mm-hmm. you know deprioritizing self and they actually listen to you yeah not only are they not going to achieve the levels of success that they hoped for but they're probably going to end up sick and they're probably going to start going down down these really sort of degrading patterns mm-hmm. so when when did you first recognize that might be a question of mine and has have you ever to get to the level you're at you've probably flirted with tipping over i would assume
1: yeah i mean i definitely i definitely have yeah. um i you know i think i think the s- the sleep part especially made the biggest difference for me injury wise i mm. i was i was really banged up yeah. at princeton for a long time kind of year in and year out just and and then kind of when i was able to in, in grad school i was in a position to get a lot more sleep i was out at uh, out at New Mexico, and, and had uh, you know the, the, the way that my day was structured was different. The way that I was able to um, to kind of get my training in was was a little bit more um, conducive to the way that I wanted to mm-hmm. wanted to sleep. Sure. Um, and so I really noticed that after those four years at Princeton, I was I was I was able to stay a lot healthier. Yep. Um, and that was really because of sleep. And it's not that, you know, it's not that people, you know, it's not that I didn't have teammates who were able to get the sleep right and who were able to mm-hmm. get it, get it figured out. But I really realized like when I was in that different environment, how much, yep. how much I was depriving myself of sleep and how much I just really wasn't letting my, my body recover in the way that it needed to. Right. Um,
0: because at Princeton, you still excelled, Yeah. Right? The feedback yeah. you were getting was, I'm yeah. um, still pretty good at this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, it was, so I was able to, you know, I was able to show up and get the workouts in. I was able to show up on race day. You know, I mean, for me, it was, it was a little bit of an unhealthy, an unhealthy routine because, uh, you know, there was this, there's this, this this thought that two nights before is the most important night of sleep. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't know how much science backs that up or anything, but for Mm -hmm. me that was sort of, that was sort of my mantra. And so I was okay going into a week saying, all right, this week I've got, I've got to write, I've got to read 200 pages, for um, three classes, mm-hmm. you know, so I've got 600 pages to read, and I've got, you know, whatever. I have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I've got a race on Friday night. As mm-hmm. long as I can get nine hours in on Wednesday night, like I'm happy, I'm good. Okay, yeah. Um, and so I'd, I'd be, I'd be kind of limping through the week, have a really good night's sleep on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. then, you know, and then, and then, emotionally, I was geared up and ready to go on Friday. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from a conference perspective, I was ready to toe the line and, and go there. But week in, week out. You know, you're, you're you can only kind of fool yourself um, so much, and 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 I, and I and I would get to a point where where yeah, my body would my body would break down. Um, so I definitely um, would flirt with that. And I was saying, you know, at at, at at a lot of places there is you know not only in sport but in academics right. as well there right. is this there is this idea that hey, if you're not staying up late, you don't care about this. Yeah. You know, like if you're not if you're not um, if you're not in the library, to, like there's you know. The the first day at Princeton, they have all the freshmen in in the auditorium, and they had a picture on the wall that said, you know, they had a picture in this in this um, in this PowerPoint slide, and it had a timestamp in the corner, and it was a picture of uh, of this study room in, in in Princeton, and it had like four thirty a.m. Yeah. on the timestamp, and it's the room is packed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's sort of this. You know, and they and they serve they serve during finals. They serve food at three a.m. Mm-hmm, right in that you know, and it's sort of this it's this yeah. carnival associated with with staying up late and and being kind of in the grind in that grit. And there is an excitement about being part of that. Yep. There's you're swept into that culture. Um, and you know, and I think they they you know they're serving a need at, at Princeton because that's what people want to do. That's where people mm-hmm. are are being. But I think but looking back, I'm I'm I I, I think it's it is hard to succeed. In the ways that you want to, and it's hard to sustainably succeed when you're sort of when you're sort of um, rewarding that mm-hmm. type of, of culture and, and, and
0: that you're you know, totally those. right and now okay so now we kind of transition to the coaching thing because those are things that we have to, as coaches have to be conscious of mm-hmm. so Princeton, with incredible intentions, said these are the kind of kids we've got mm-hmm. they're staying up late let's make sure we got food for them late yeah. let's make sure we but really but you're setting, but you're just encouraging the culture. Yeah, you're you're reinforcing whatever behavior loop that has been developed over mm-hmm. years of yeah. of self sacrifice and, and prioritizing academics over self. Yeah, um, you're you're re encouraging that loop. And
1: that was the that was the message with the with the PowerPoint slide up on right. the, uh, in front of the thousand kids. Yeah. It was like it was like get ready. This is what like, it's like. This here. is what it's going to be yeah. like. And it was sort of and people kind of giggled and laughed, but there was sort of a of an excitement about like, okay, like great. I can sort of, you know, let's sink our teeth into that. Yeah. And let's, let's be at, you know, let's be in, uh, you know, Mm. in the library at Mm 4am and be here in this culture of, of that. And you know, it's for better or for worse. I mean,
0: it is interesting because it is like, like we start, like it's a, it's a balance because truly I've been caught up in that sort of thing before Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's bad. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. I love, the idea here's what I would want for every athlete. Mm. I would love for every athlete that I've worked with to be willing mm. to go to those kind of levels and for, and and mm. to like routinely pull them back. Yeah, uh, and just make it so that we don't. They don't have to. Yeah, I think yeah. As the
1: goal of the coach to provide that that discipline of, mm-hmm. okay, let's pull back.
0: It's okay to pull back. I want kids who are ready to run fair. off the freaking road. Yeah, and, fair. And we, uh, and we have to continue pulling back because yeah. in an ideal circumstance, mm-hmm. that's what we would be doing. We would yeah. provide motivation that is that is good enough to get them to do things that they would not have otherwise mm-hmm. done had they not been in our environment and yeah. in our culture. But while we've got the engine revved, yeah. we've gotta be steering the thing. And, I, and that's one of the concerns. And going back to that video, that's the thing Sadly, I'm, I don't think this guy does very well. It's, it's mm. like the most watched motivational video on YouTube, mm. and he's got the engines revved. Yeah. And he's pointing people toward disaster as far yeah. as I'm concerned.
1: Because, yeah, because on the other side, it is so demoralizing to try and when be you actually, there with yeah. a stopwatch. Mm-hmm. And the kid is it just doesn't want to do the rep, you know. And the oh, kid yeah. just doesn't. Yeah. And you're like, like no, no. Like trust me you need yeah. you need to you need to be a little bit more engaged here yes. you need to you need to rev up a little bit more here and that's so much hard so much so much harder as a coach than yeah. you know or as a as a you know than than sort of being able to and rewarding for everyone involved Than if you're able to say okay great i know you're here i know you're 100 percent with me i get that but i need you to trust me yeah and not run the extra mile right now like right don't don't go out and, mm-hmm. and, and don't, you know, don't, don't get on the exercise bike
0: tonight. You don't need it. That's a really good point. Did you have, over the course of your career as an athlete, did you have sticking points like that where you weren't sure? Not, I, you've obviously got that proclivity to, like, mm-hmm. riding the rail. Um, have you, have there been moments where you lacked motivation? Have there been days at the track where you're like, I just don't want to do this? Was that an issue for you or were you on the other side of that coin?
1: Um, no, I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's not every day isn't always great, right? Like I, it, it, you know, especially in the winter in Chicago or in the winter in New Jersey or, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're, sometimes it sucks. And I think, but, but for me, the motive, when things are, I don't know, I would say, I would say running is, is interesting in that even when things are going great there's mm-hmm. adversity right like even when you're healthy and you're and you are firing on all cylinders and you're doing great yeah you know it's like 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 lifting and that, like the the workouts adjust for that and it's mm-hmm. still going to be friggin hard right like right. even when it's great like right. you are going to be laying on the track at the end of hard right. workouts um so there's always adversity right and 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 some of that's really exciting and some of that's fun to sort of sink your teeth into um I'd say I'd say where I str- have struggled with motivation in the past is with injury. Is when mm. yeah. you show up to practice and all your fr- all your best friends are going out the door for an hour run and yeah. you're like, "All right, I'll see you guys." Yeah. You know, and you have to go sit on a bike for 2 hours. Right. Um you kind of go in the basement and, and 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 crank it out. So you know, yes, there's 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 I uh, but it never got to a point where I wasn't doing it. You right. know what I mean? It right. was always it was always, "Yes, I'm this is and that, for me, was, was were, were times where I had to kind of resort back to that initial idea mm-hmm. of discipline. Like, all right, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. Like, if I'm going to get out there and compete, I have to be able to.
0: And that's kind of what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because, so how does someone like you, it's like the Michael Jordan effect. Yes, I'm comparing you to Michael Jordan. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> but it, it's like, so so... It wasn't. It, it wasn't a real concern for you. Mm. The motivation was a concern. You had your. You had hiccups along the way, mostly regarding injury. But you're. You're always kind of up for it, and you're ready to push.
1: Yeah, the, the compass is always there. Yeah, I just as long as I follow. Like I, there was never a question as to whether I do it. There's right. just days you don't want to do it as much as, as you long, day right. You want to do it, but you're always doing it.
0: How do you interact with the kids who just don't have that? Who don't have that same fire? Um. I you can't speak from direct experience.
1: You know? Yeah, I I I don't know. I think it's I think it's hard. I think that's I mean for me um I've just been really I was really lucky and I am really lucky to have, you know, my first coach um who's who's my coach again now, uh Patrick McHugh at North Shores. I mean he mm-hmm. knew me, you know. Um he's known me my, basically my whole life, but he uh, was was yeah, I mean I think there was there was always a culture on our team that this is what we're that this is what we're about. We're about, you know, about, about being committed to this and, and and doing it. And I think for me it's it's I don't know, I'm also I'm also lucky in that I'm the you know, I'm the youngest of three brothers and my brothers, you know, were beating me up and showing me how to do things and working hard and I always wanted to do that and it was sort of there was never a question. Oh, like I'm the I'm the youngest Callahan. Like of course yeah. I don't know. I was like, oh you're you're Tim and Kit's younger brother? Like yeah. of course you're gonna be good at this. Of course you're gonna be focused. Of course right. you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna be disciplined and, and, and work hard and so for me there wasn't a question but with with other athletes yeah that's a good that's a good question I think I've, I I haven't I haven't
0: um, I don't really have a good answer for you I, I accept to... I accept the acknowledgement of that yeah. and that's fair and you may not you probably don't have to truthfully you probably yeah. don't have to deal with it as often as most people being at the college level you're an assistant coach at Northwestern yeah
1: volunteer assistant at Northwestern with the with the women's
0: team there it's and, very and you cool. would assume that if you've taken your career to that level, the motivation thing is not happening at the same level as it would in youth or high school. Groups. Yeah, it's
1: more the latter. It's more yeah. sorry. It's more the the the, the holding the back. The previous thing, that, right? Yeah, the more the previous thing we were talking about, the holding back as opposed to the, the pushing yeah. forward. Because yeah, it's it's hard otherwise to, to to be there and to to have gotten yourself there, especially totally. you know at a place. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of you know we're lucky to have women who are excited about school, excited about running, and excited mm-hmm. about you know competing. And so it's um it's kind of a cool environment to be
0: a part of it is i'm curious what it looks like outside of running so for strength me. conditioning yeah what uh what sort of support do you give northwestern probably has a lot of support on the nutrition side of things um, they do yeah so what yeah what do those other components look like
1: yeah so that that's always been important for me um all the yeah, other sides outside were, of running
0: you were into crossfit for a while right
1: not crossfit cross training, training? is
0: kit Kit like was yeah my
1: he brother my crossfit. brother did a little bit of crossfit you know yeah. make fun of him a little bit for it but he was uh he's you know but he's I mean he's he is a friggin workhorse that my yeah. brother can he's great. can you know throw us throw us around easily um but uh but yeah we uh, so for me since day 1 I just haven't been able to handle the mileage that some of my other teammates have been able to handle mm-hmm. so so for me from day 1 you know in high school um I was able to kind of be naive and go into races, saying, looking up and down the start line, and saying, "No, I've run more than all these guys," mm-hmm. and and sort of convince myself of that, and say, "No, I've I've worked hard, you know, I've I've run more miles than this guy, I've run more miles than that guy, I've run more miles than that guy. I will yeah. beat them in this race." Mm-hmm. And so there was a part, you know, I was able to kind of gain confidence from that, whether it was true or not, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Um, but I'd get to the I'd get to college, and I would get to the line. With guys that I knew were running more than me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of my best friends, Don Cabral, is a is a you know running 110 mile 110 mile weeks, no problem. Wow. Or you have guys that are running, you know, just just running double the mileage that I'm running. Yeah. Um. And I couldn't, I couldn't convince myself that I was running more than them because it just wasn't true. I've showed up to right. practice every day, and they were lapping. You know, they were doing double the runs. Right. Um. And that that was the reality of it, and it was just the way that my body, I mean, I would just get injured when I when I, when I would try to increase to that mileage. Um, and so for me, it was about finding confidence in the other things. Mm-hmm. It was about finding, it was about being able to toe the line and say, all right, no, I didn't run more than this person, but I've done the other stuff a heck of a lot better than that. Yeah. And whether, again, whether that was true or not, I don't know, but it was something that it was sure. able, It was able. I was, I was able to sort of gain confidence from, I had to sort of shift, um, shift where I was gaining confidence from, 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 from working harder mm-hmm. and getting more runs in to, um, doing more extra stuff. Um, and that, and, 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 you know, and I incorporated sleep into that, um, which was positive for me, but yeah, but so a lot of, I spent a lot of time in the pool. I spent a lot of time on the bike. I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, but lame lifting, you know. I mean, you what guys is, are what doing. What do you mean cool by lifting? That? No, we're not. doing um, I'm sitting there, you know, doing little hip drops and doing like little, you know. I love the old hip drop. You got yeah, <laughs> hip drops. Um, and I've actually been really lucky. I've been, I, I work uh, so my coach, Patrick McHugh, and and, and he's really good friends with um, with uh, with kind of a, a you know a, a big mentor in the sport, Vern Gambetta, who's helped. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Who you know who who's a very you know very knowledgeable person when it comes to comes to strength training and, and 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 training in general frank but he works with with athletes all over the world um and so we've kind of been able to work together to, to to create some really um you know just just some stuff that really kind of gets me more stable through my core through my so it's a lot of body weight it's a lot of um you know i'm, I'm lifting four or five days a week mm. but all sorts of different stuff upper body then, then uh, kind of alternating upper body and total body days um doing you know a lot of single leg stuff a lot of balance stuff a lot of um, med ball just sort of just sort of trying to get trying to get solid for my core not, not bulking mm-hmm. up at all just getting lean and, 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 and right. trying to stay trying to stay solid and, and things that allow me to kind of maintain my form later in races Um, and things like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm not doing any cool power cleans or things that kind of make you throw the bar Mm -hmm. down and... uh, You can throw throw, a med ball down. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's just a little bit less... If you had a a mat,
0: you could throw your body weight down. That's true. Just just, (laughs) let you know. Yeah, just sort of body (laughs) slam the ground a few times. That's right. Um, No, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm I'm interested in that. So, So you're obviously putting a lot on your legs given the the mm-hmm. volume of running that you do. Mm-hmm. So what is the, what kind of lifting do you do? You mentioned like, uh, like balance stuff, one leg stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like some do? single
1: leg squats. And, and how frequently? Um, so it'll depend on the, it'll depend on the time of season. It'll depend on the, on the, um, you know, on the week mm-hmm. and kind of on the phase. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and frankly, I don't understand all the reasoning as well as, as well as I should. Um, but again, I think that that's sort of healthy. I think that, Right. Um I'm I'm really lucky to, to be right. at a place where I totally trust my coaches yeah. and I can sort of turn my brain off and yeah. and do it and then focus on other things. It's a nice place to be. Um and so so yeah, it, it 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 depends we go through um we we go through different stages where we're building up but a lot of circuits um and whether that'll be with dumbbells um you know uh, you know single leg squats squats with dumbbells, high pulls, alternate press Um, sort of different, different kind of just ways of, of, of being very functional movement with sort of stress, um, of a little bit of added weight. And then that weight kind of changes throughout the year, depending on, 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 on what we're looking at for. And then sort of the rest between circuits changes the rest Mm -hmm. between, you know, it's all usually, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really explaining this as well. No, you're.
0: You are. I think, uh, um, but it's
1: not my language. The, the, yeah, that's right. The, fine, the yeah. weightlifting part is a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Well, you're, pro-
0: well, you're talking about it. like well, in the circuit stuff. You're talking about yeah. working different energy systems over the course of, of yeah. you know periodized through the course of the year to align with your training, and that makes total sense. Are you working different planes of motion? I would assume too, especially with the upper body stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, and so and I so yeah. Upper body stuff a lot of the med ball, a lot of twisting, a lot of yeah. movement, um, a lot of rows. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to trying to just have myself move in different ways, yeah. and that's something that I think the cross training, especially swimming, has helped me with yeah. as well. Because what's you know in high school I was I like to call them, you know I I considered myself athletic in mm-hmm. that yeah. I was playing soccer. I played soccer all four years. I mm-hmm. played basketball. You know until my junior year I was. There was there's a there was a resilient there's a resilience to injury and there is a sort of confidence in your movement that mm-hmm. comes from being athletic mm-hmm. that comes from having you know moving laterally and being engaged in those different planes and moving and twisting in ways that you just don't get when you're running your round right. um, and so I don't feel athletic anymore you know I can mm-hmm. go and run I, I think I do more so now than you know there were times in college where when I was not yeah, quite right. as diligent about my strength training that I that I felt not athletic. Mm-hmm. And that's when I would start to get injured is when I, when I would feel sort of, I can run in one plane, I run straight. Yeah. I, you know, I, my arms are moving, you know, six inches up, six inches back, yeah. and I've got, you know, my, my stride looks good, but if I have to turn or twist or move at all, Shoot a basketball. N- exactly, all yeah. those stabilizer <laughs> muscles are gone, all that lateral yeah, yeah, movement yeah. is gone. Yeah. And so a big part of my lifting, for me at least from, a, from, a, from what I try to get out
0: of it, is to feel athletic again, to feel mm-hmm. like I can manage movement in different planes. So I, to, that, it's amazing that you said that because we talk about the Good Athlete Project and and we, we often apply the theories and themes and ideas of the Good Athlete Project to realms that are not specifically mm. or exclusively athletic. So like physical education is not athletics. But to go further than that, I would suggest that every human – Every human being mm. is an athlete, depending on how you want to define the term. Maybe probably not involved in team sports, but you need to do every one of those things mm. that you were just talking about throughout the course of a lifetime. Mm. Not only are you learning lessons alongside of them, but health and wellness, who you are, whatever, we can go down that road too, but um, who doesn't need to change direction yeah. and squat and balance? I don't know if you know Fair. this, but like one of the greatest predictors of mortality is late in life is mm. leg strength. And there are two components to that. One is one is associated with just health and wellness practice in general. Yeah. The other is, um, I this sounds terrible and I'm kinda of knocking on wood here because I know a lot of old folks, but um, <laughs> uh, but like think about people like you trip and fall, you break your hip, you yeah. end up in the hospital, you get a bed sore, and that's it. Yeah. So the balance not only the neurocognitive um, benefits of exercise, benefits of, of exercise yeah. and just balance training and moving mm. in these multiple planes, but literally so you don't let them fall. Yeah, uh, they're incredible. So that's that's longitudinal. But also, um, I don't, you might know this: that the the number one way to guarantee a young athlete get hurt mm. is to over-specialize too soon. Right? You're working a, and, and that's I totally I do that's that. running. Yeah, I totally that's, that's straight that straight line running. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So it's interesting to hear you say that, and and Alex knows this pretty well, probably. He works with a lot of these similar type athletes, but mm. I can certainly imagine a scenario where essentially, and I, I mean, not, I can't imagine, I I I've felt it, I've, yeah. it's happened to me, where you get so good at running that you can almost neglect these other sort of nagging minor aches and pains. Mm. Uh, you're compensating for them with this really elite movement pattern that you yeah. developed, but this other stuff is kind of falling to the wayside. I, I don't know where... I should take this, but I do yeah, no, feel like I there's totally interesting agree. parallels to life yeah. in that way. Yeah, you know, like what could you learn from that? If you're yeah. a, if you're a single, if you're a one-dimensional yeah. human being, and become elite, mm-hmm. obsessive to the point that you become elite at that thing. Yeah, what else is falling by the wayside?
1: Yeah, and that's something. Well, one, just sort of on the on the staying. St- Staying active in those multiple plays when you're getting older—it's something that you know we were finally able to kind of convince our parents to go go oh, to the yeah? gym and start. You know, they always scoffed at like lifting weights and moving that. And finally, now they're they're sort of uh, yeah. they're sort of in on it. And so it's it's and they're they're feeling they keep coming every time they come back. They're like, oh, this is great. Why, why was I waiting for this? <laughs> um, but but yeah, sort of back to the specialization thing. That's something that again, I really credit my high school coach for allowing me. Mm-hmm. To, to stay athletic through high school. Um, yeah. And because I do, because I, you know, I see kids and, 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 and in more ways of uh, also just in ways of kind of burnout and feeling mm-hmm. and feeling frustrated oh, yeah, in sport, a, especially so... things that are individualized, like like running or swimming or something like that, where you de- tend to have kids that start really young and then sort of they get to college. I'm like, oh well, shoot, I don't know if I like this anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I was I was lucky to be at a place that, that let me be on the soccer field in the fall yeah. and and. You know I played football in middle school and I played yeah. baseball in middle school and, and and that's that sort of stuff I think not only kept me from getting injured but I think it actually made me a better runner mm-hmm. um, when it comes when you that. look at how much I, how much you run in a soccer in a soccer game, especially if you 're a, a midfielder who's running up and down the field, and then also that change of pace stuff so one of my one of my strengths on the track is that is, is, is sort of is, is my, my ability to kind of change pace and I, yeah. I think a lot of that came from mm soccer where you're jogging sprinting jogging sprinting mm-hmm. really sprinting slowing down you know and so there's it's hard to mimic that that's a that's stuff that we try to mimic now in training with with fartlets totally um which is sort of which is called i think it's um i think it's uh you know translated to speed play which mm-hmm. is this sort of idea of, of just sort of playing with different playing with different ty- types of, of stimuli and, and 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 forcing your body to go quickly and then slowly and quickly and slowly and mm-hmm. happens all the time on the on the, on
0: the soccer field I'm really going to put you on the spot and, and use this as, as an extended metaphor. Uh-oh. So the, the, being, the, the ability to change direction, essentially interval train mm. while playing soccer, mm. applied and has, has been a benefit in cross country on the track. Can you draw a parallel to your own life with that? Like, I, I really want to dig in. So, like, you, mm. I'm sold. I believe that you are elite. I want to hear <laughs> about the moments when, like, it kind of sucked. You know what I mean, and and then like here, I'll, I'll tell you about me. Yeah, and, and that'll yeah. There were definitely moments in my life. Look, I'm not, I'm nowhere near as good an athlete as you are. No. Okay, so let me throw it out there. Come on, whatever. Continue. Continue. And so we'll find. We are going to the track after this. We'll find out. Once hey, and for all. hey I'm, I need all the help I can get out there. <laughs> but today. then we it's have to go deadlift part. after that. Oh boy. <laughs> and then, so uh, uh, I like we can do a, Olympics and we'll be on no, no no we'll do we'll do some hip drops. You'll love some it. Some hip drops. You'll <laughs> <I> love <laughs> it. You'll look great. Fine. Uh, but, but I will tell you that um, even though I wasn't at the caliber that you're at and I wasn't um, – you know my post-collegiate football career, I got a paycheck to play football so I very loosely can refer to myself as a professional. I was 100%. not at the – an NFL caliber athlete whatsoever. Point being, there was a point in my life where I was um, – I, I never got to the point where I was one-dimensional but like, dude, I was eating all the time. Mm. I was lifting whenever I had spare moments. Yeah. I was like – I would take stairs two at a time. I, I, actually, I did this since I was in like high school. Yeah. I would take stairs two at a time with a backpack on because I knew it was like sort of strengthening mm-hmm. my legs in that way. Um, I would think about it all the time. Okay. I would become obsessive, and like I think I do feel like, to be totally honest, I feel like I've been pretty decent at, at finding that balance in my life. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always maintained social relationships, but sometimes they were stressed um, because of that. I know I lost. At least one girlfriend yeah. uh, because of this stuff. And, and I know my friends who I love dearly to this day, like it's, it's sometimes hard to explain why on a Friday night you can't jump on the train. This is just out of college. Jump on a yeah. train and go down to the city um, because you've I'm, got to, you, you yeah, know what I mean? One. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it sucks sometimes. Yeah. You, you get really, I don't know. So, so how, how do you balance that, I guess, in your life? So I assume you've had moments like that you you've had the payoff on the track no question. You've seen that payoff in any other areas of life. Mm. How how do you work that balance between drive like a, a driven but well-rounded human being, which mm. you clearly are, and like an obsessive Olympic hopeful?
1: Yeah, so that's hard. Um that is that is hard. Um finding that healthy balance isn't isn't easy. You know, I mean, I think there's sort of the, the cliche in college where you've got, you know, you've got three things. You've got um, your sport, you've got academics, and then you've got socializing. Mm-hmm. You can pick two. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think I've been decent at... Um, I think I've done a decent job of of balancing and and getting the you know getting the socializing component in every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of it too has come from you know being really lucky to be surrounded by people who who get it and people who are in, mm-hmm. into it as well yeah um you know especially through college i you know I was part of a part of a team of guys that were really focused and really locked in and so we were able to to socialize through that right. um and and you know i think. Post-collegiately, it's a little bit harder. It's, it, but, but again, Jersey, I was living in a house of guys who were all training hard, and who were mm-hmm. all, you know, an, an Olympian out there, and guys who were really working, working and focused. Um, and then, and then out here, it's a little bit harder. In Chicago, it is harder. Yeah, again, you know, I've got some really great friends from high school who are downtown, and I want to be able to go hang out with them. And, right. and, and, I sort of feel like I am sort of um, alienating myself in some, myself in some ways. But, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard balance, and it's, it's about trying to. You know, uh, yeah, I don't have a great answer. I don't have a great answer. Other than, I have all. I sort of always reminded myself, like, hey, I've got the rest of my life to do that other stuff. Um, And as long as it doesn't come at the cost of Mm -hmm. of really, you know, alienating myself too much or really Mm -hmm. sort of pushing friends away, that that um, that for now, this is something that I would really regret not diving into. Um, and I got, you know, I got the rest of my life to go and, 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 you know, hike the Appalachian Trail or do whatever right. I want. Um, but for right now, I, 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 the right, Appalachian
0: Trail in record time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, you know, but right now I, like, I can't, you know, I, guess I, I got some great stuff that I want to do. I got some friends doing cool things that I want to jump in on. I got, sure. you know, and then that's, and that's something that I, that I will do and I'm excited about those kinds of things and, yeah. and I have time to do that. Um, but it's about. Doing the best I can and finding the balances that I can now, Mm -hmm. that don't really sacrifice this sort of this sort of window of opportunity
0: that I have. That's
1: right. um, And do it kind of in the healthiest way I can. But but it is hard. It's not easy.
0: It is hard. Yeah. And and it is a conversation that continues to appear uh, in our world. Mm. Um, Especially, it's like the higher you go, the harder that is. Mm. So um, yeah, I I think my like I, I made my decisions legitimate, at least yeah, in, I, in my own mind, because because of the the time window, like you said, like, yeah, like I was like, there's gonna come a this is going to end, yeah, like that, and that's the weird thing about it's the weird, true, humbling, necessary thing for every athlete to consider. That is w- the only guarantee yeah. about your athletic career is that it will someday end. Yeah, there's you can imagine like. You're not guaranteed to win a single race. Yeah. You're not. You are not guaranteed to have fun. Yeah. You're not guaranteed to learn life lessons, although some would suggest you are. We can go down that road later. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is guaranteed except that after you start, mm-hmm. someday there will come an end. Fair. Um, and when it comes to something like, dude, you have a gift. That is that fair to say? Like you come um, from a. a, a I've yeah, met your parents. They're incredible people. I've never seen them run, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> but I've seen your brothers run and move and play and like. Yeah, know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky been... in a
1: lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. That's um, true. And it's and, 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 and I think kind of touching on sort of the, that previous point is that there is an opportunity cost to everything. Mm, right. And so right. this there is there is absolutely an opportunity cost to, you know, I've put, you know, I, I went to grad school for environmental science and, 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 and I'm super excited to jump into renewable energy stuff and mm-hmm. that that part of my life. And so but I'm putting that on hold. Um for this and, and, and right. for and, and rightfully so right now. I'm really excited yeah. about it. I'm and, and I'm still excited about it for a number of reasons that we you know we can kinda of talk about it if you want, but but it's but there's no question that there's an opportunity cost, whether it's you know, I'm I'm Putting off some career stuff, right. I'm putting off some some you know the random. We got to hike places and traveling places and biking sure. places and going downtown and meeting friends at midnight things or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're putting off a lot of that stuff. There is an opportunity cost to saying nope. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do this and 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 for right now that 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 equation still right that equation still makes sense to be doing what I'm doing and um but it's you know it's it's a hard it's a hard balance to to, to strike
0: that's fair I, and and the truth is there's no direct answer yeah. so there's nothing that you could have given It's just it's it's important yeah. i think to talk about because i think everyone is faced with similar dilemmas and i think it's a conversation that just needs to be cracked open and and shine have light shined upon it more regularly i yeah. think i think the um you know the logo i'm pointing at my hat is like it's all about intentionality it's not about yeah. having the right answer because that doesn't really exist it's about intent yeah. being intentional pivoting where necessary, adjusting, it's about the equation that you mentioned Yeah. Um, and right now it's, it's pushing you in one direction. What does make you so excited? Like what's on the horizon for you? In that, what what makes me excited about continuing yeah. to run and exactly. doing, doing why, this? Why is this uh-huh.
1: payoff still leaning? Why, yeah, ahead. why the, uh, Um. yeah, I mean running's running's uh, a special one. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't mean to, <laughs> I don't know. I might get a you little can't be corny. I might get a little corny, a little corny. Be, no, here. go for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, for me, running is still something that that I'm really getting a lot out of, and it's and it's tough because it's a little bit of a selfish. You know, it's I'm not I, I I struggle a little bit with it because I'm it's not you know I, I I'm excited about being able to do the environmental stuff later because that's something that that I feel like is an opportunity to kind of not be selfish with what I'm doing. That running is 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 at this point inherently sort of an individual thing that I'm doing. I'm lucky to be surrounded by an incredible. Group of, of people that are helping me do what I do and, mm-hmm. and and who are excited for me genuinely and excited about what I'm doing, um, but for me, what 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 makes me want to keep running is is yeah, it's a couple things. I mean, one um, one I'm, I'm I'm still getting better. I, P, I pr'd in the mile last year. I pr'd in the 1500. I, I'm I'm getting faster and um, and it's what just was that cool. PR? I ran 3:55 in the mile um, and then 3:37 in the 15. So. How do you feel Just about chipping that? Chipping
0: away. There to <laughs> I see your face.
2: Yeah. I, I could maybe do that on a bike.
1: Maybe. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, know, chipping, chipping away <laughs> at the okay. mile. You know, How many laps on. is
0: that? That's four but, times around?
1: Yeah, a little more than four times. So, like 1,609 meters. So, you got. What kind of shoes you got on? Got a little more uh, than. Not any for running. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so so was Amazing. able to run 355 in the mile this past year and kind of chipping away at that. And that's. That keeps me hungry that's exciting yeah. I, you know I, I just want to know what I can do mm-hmm. and there's something exciting about that totally um and then a little bit more on the weirdness side <laughs> um, you know i I still get a lot one and yeah and so so and then two i I, I still learn a lot about myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: every day when I'm on the track yeah. um, and out running and there's this you know I mean there's this meditative thing about running and there's something special about it yeah. um, and it's it's um, you know, I think uh, just sort of in general, you're able to. You know, I was able to make some friendships la- that la- that'll last my life, my life. Mm-hmm. And, and there is something unique about, you know, especially in college. I don't think there, you know, there aren't any other sports that that every day you go out on a run with some of your best friends, mm-hmm. and no one has a phone, yeah. no one has, a, and you have nothing to do but talk for an hour. Yeah. And there's, you know, and and, and and there's something really special about that. Where you're going out and you're running with people, and there's nothing to do but talk, and that kind of creates some long-lasting bonds. But I can do that. I can just go out on runs. Why I stay competing, um, which I think is the question, is because I haven't found there is no other human experience more intense than a race, hmm. and that I I have I have ne- I have never found something that. That makes you go through the high, higher highs, lower mm-hmm. lows, mm-hmm. more questioning yourself, more just sort of massive human emotion than mm-hmm. you can get in a four-minute race, yeah. race, or in a two-minute race, or in there's there's it's this this it's there's nothing else yeah. going on. You hurt like crazy. You feel great. You mm-hmm. feel you 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 doubt yourself. You have to react to someone to a move that someone's made. You spent weeks visualizing what this is going to be and then uh, there's a curveball thrown in and you have to think, you know, literally on your feet, I guess. But um, there is a, there is a, uh, there is, there's nothing that compares to that sort of massively intense experience. And I remember sitting, you know, sitting in Spanish class in high school and looking at the clock and be like, oh, there's 20 minutes left in this class. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and then I was just like, wait a second, but tonight I've got a race. I've got an 800 meter race. It's going to take two minutes. It's going to take one tenth of the time that this Spanish class is going to take and I guarantee that I'm going to remember. I'm oh, going to learn man. so yep. much more about myself in those two minutes. I'm going to have such. It's going to be this, you know, this this terrible or great or whatever. But it's a massive experience, yeah. and it's going to be something that's going to, you know, be. It's going to be an emotional bookmark mm-hmm. in that in my life in a way that two minutes of you know reading or two minutes of sitting down or two minutes of walk or whatever just can't get me. Right. Um, and so I'm still. You know, I'm I'm still hungry for those. That's awesome. Those those moments. Of I love that being totally dialed in.
0: I have to. First of all, your energy is amazing. Right. I love it. I love it. And um, you're you are touching on something that we have that we talk about all the time. I feel, like to kind of hijack your story. Mm. I feel like a fairly dedicated academic, not of your caliber. Once again, I'm just, no. I mean the presence of greatness here. Absolutely um, not. No, well, but we, we are. Bo- <laughs> it's are Alex. You guys. We both oh, are. You yes, guys. we. It's true. Um, no, we're doing our best. Anyway, we're doing our best. But I, but I mean, I have gone back to grad school a couple times. I yeah. really like it. I genuinely like learning new things. Mm. I'm, I'm very curious. I like. I like Heck it. Yeah. I have not shown up for one class even in the subject I cared about most mm. that made me feel the way I felt before a football game on a Friday night mm. or something like that. Yeah. So I, I say that not yeah. just to kind of linger in the, in the poignancy of that moment but but to kind of recognize the power there. Yeah. You know, That is where the Good Athlete Project jumped off was yeah. there's something different about this space and the question thereafter is and what are we going to do with it? You've got people who are so goal-oriented and driven um, emotionally charged there's it's just there's nothing else in the world yeah. that looks like this we but yeah. we, we need to be using it for for, for something good more, yeah yeah no exactly. like
1: that's I'm 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 with you yeah I'm with you so I yeah I just it is a weird and it sounds corny just to say but there is something really there's something hard you can't capture in any other way and again it's a little bit of a selfish thing because it's this 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 wildly emotional to, right, experience that I feel mm-hmm. Um, you know but uh, you know, but for 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 now, I still learn a lot about myself through that, mm-hmm. and 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 things that you know I think that I think are are, are will benefit me going down the road. So oh, so yeah. yeah. So why I do it, I'd say you know I'm still improving. I that feeling is 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 unlike anything else. And then and then finally, there's this other feeling about that that's that's really unique that I've only felt a couple times in my life. But it's one that I keep ch- chasing, and it's that it's it's the the sort of um, the feeling of have of, of sort of a mind-body feedback loop mm-hmm. that's really, t- really finely tuned mm-hmm. um, where you can step up to the line and you know exactly what to expect from your body where your coach says, hey, I want you to run a 50-second... Sorry, I want you to run 56.5 seconds on this 400. Take mm-hmm. your watch off. Yeah. And you can lock in and you can do that. Really? Um, and so there, there's, there, there are moments when that that there are moments where training that, that training at a high level and, and, and really dialed into a to a really regimented training program that you know th- these ki- those kind of moments kind of come out every once in a while where you mm-hmm. can where you really dialed into how you're feeling you really dialed into how your body's r- going to react to to what you throw at it yeah. and those are special cool little nuggets that I try to that I that I that, I, that I've only felt a few times but that, that keep me hungry to to feel it again so 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 yeah, I'm you know I, I've 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 got some reasons to keep doing it, um, and I and I'm excited about it because I think I'm I think I'm getting better. Um, I know I can chase some of those moments. Yeah. Um, and again, yes, yeah, you know, step up the line and we'll see what happens.
0: I love it. Um, well, mm-hmm. in our intro for you, just so uh, you're you're so humble. Um, in our intro for, intro, we will have already talked about uh, your accomplishments and. And just how good you are, and what might be on the horizon mm-hmm. for you. So don't feel pressure to, to uh, self-indulge you in that way. <laughs> Instead, uh, let's talk about a guy that you've brought up a couple times, who's been with you since your whole life, your whole competitive life. So or... he's
1: known me since I was six years old. Okay, but yeah, and so he's
0: your whole conscious life. Yeah, my whole conscious <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. Tell tell us more. Oh, so
1: you mean, yeah, my my coach. Um, yes, I mean, I've just, I just mean, so in general, I've just been lucky to have, you know, great coaches. Whether you know, it started with Patrick McHugh. Uh, you know, and I don't want to shortchange my college coaches because I had, no, you know, not. some really, really.
0: So did Coach great McHugh? Did he scout? Is he scouring the local playgrounds and said that kid can run? I.
1: Mean, I, I how did
0: he find you at six years old?
1: So well, so, I, so he didn't coach me at six. I was just, you know, I was just around. Yeah. I, you know, I was at I was at North Shore Country Day School up here yeah. as a as a six, you know, as a first grader. So I don't. Know, he right. probably didn't know me when I was six, but I knew him. He was the right. athletic director, so you know, he's right. speaking at things, and I know him as a, you know, as just being a first grader in the mm-hmm. in school. Um, and then again, I was, yeah, I had my, I was the, I was the youngest of, I am the youngest of three boys. I got mm-hmm. my two older brothers who I owe a lot to in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, he, he s- was able to coach them through high school. And, and kind of when I came in as a freshman, it was, my brothers were really good runners as well. And so I was sort of, um, my, my middle brother, Kit, uh, was a senior on the team when I was a freshman, and there was no questions like, "Oh, it's springtime! Like, I'm going to be on the track team." Yeah. Coach BQ with Coach BQ and and, and my brother Kit. Um, and so, uh, you did, know, I. What did
0: Kit run? Kit, what
1: event? Uh, eight hundred. Was eight hundred? Yeah. yeah. So he ran. So he ran um, at Amherst College. Yeah. Out there, so he, um, so he's a, uh, you know, he's just a little bit bigger right. built than I am, mm-hmm. so he was more suited to kind of some shorter, faster stuff. But the eight hundred, and he ran cross country there, and you know, was a good. You know, it was a really good uh, D three all American out there, and you know, not messing around for, just, uh, o- for old kit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I I I was just so lucky because one, I had a coach who understood sort of the fact that I was going to be doing other stuff. And North sure, you're you're supposed to be doing the play and doing other stuff and mm-hmm. being in the in chorus and getting and then going to track practice. Right. Um. And so I was lucky that he was willing to work with. You know and that he is willing to work with kids who are doing other stuff, and mm-hmm. um, but then it's time for track practice. It's time for track practice. Right. Um, so I had my older brother kind of taking me under his wing, and as a freshman, and um, and you know I was. Uh, it's nice because because high school coaching can be a little bit hit or miss. You mm-hmm. you you know, and in track in track there's um, a tendency to, to to overtrain kids and to get ki- you know because there is a short there is a there is a, a gain. There is a there is a there is a you know a temptation to just run a lot of miles in mm-hmm. high school and because you will get better if you just run more right, miles you will adapt. get better right but you might not that's might not be the right move developmentally right, right. like you will you will run great in high school and then you yeah. show up you're running 80 miles a week in high school and then you show up to college and sometimes it's hard to then take that next step right in college and so um so you've got you know you've got some college runners some high school coaches that'll you know you got They'll just throw twelve eggs up against the wall, and one of them doesn't break, and that guy'll be a really good and state level, right, state right. level competitor. Right. Um, but you know that was never the concern for me. I knew that I knew that Coach McHugh had my, you know, I had my best interests at heart from day one, and it was you know a very slow, smart progression that set me up for high for mm-hmm. college. Yeah. Um, And, and, and it was, and and I was lucky too, because he sort of was able to vet some of my college coaches and, Mm -hmm. and gave me a, gave me a nudge towards Princeton with, with Steve Dolan, who I've had, who I've, you know, actually I, I was texting this week, you know, texting yesterday, um, who I still have a great relationship with he's over at Penn now. And then I had Jason Vigilani at at Princeton after, after Steve Dolan, um, and then at New Mexico, Joe Franklin. So just, you know, two of those coaches I've spoken to this week and just, just, I've been so lucky to be at places where I, like, I really never questioned whether my best interests were, were, in, their, you know, were, were in, in their mind when they were making decisions for me. And, um, and that's a lot. And as I mentioned before, being able to go into workouts, being able to go into practice and, and fully trusting your coach mm-hmm. is that's a huge, huge. That's enormous. It's right. huge. You know? And I mean, if, if, you know, anything like football or whatever, we, yeah. if you're like, wait, these plays are bad or this, you know, I don't like the culture that we've got or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I could just go into practice, turn my brain off, do what I was supposed to do, and yeah. then worry about the other stuff. Um, and so when I made the decision to come back to coach McHugh this past year, it was really, it was really, uh, you know, really a decision to get back to, you know, the coach that knows me best, the coach that, that I think, you know, I've been, in con- I would, I would, i had been in contact with him through college when I was working with those other coaches and getting feedback on him. And when I were back here over the summer, I'd be working with him. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just, uh, you know, frankly, I'm a little bit of a weird runner in, in, in that. I can't do the traditional high mileage, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really nice to be with someone who gets that, and someone who's yeah. not trying to fit me into a mold, and someone who's well, willing to adapt and and change, and who does a really good job of saying, "Peter, today we're gonna not do yeah. the extra mile. Right? Today we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be disciplined and hold back. Right? Um, and and I trust him, and so I don't fight him on it. Yeah. You know. Whereas you have other people who it's like, yeah, okay, coach, and then like literally and I, in college, I would have you know I would. It would be, you'd have, you know, I, I knew some people would go get secret workouts in, yeah. you know, and not tell yeah. the coach. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not how this is supposed to work. No. And um, so, yeah, so super, super lucky where I'm at and really excited to be back here. It's, it's just weird running the old high school routes and the right. old, being in the old stomping ground. And For
0: sure. That's just... Uh, familiar territory, though. Yeah, it's the, just... Good. The, the, you, you are... The individual individualization absolutely matters mm. for top tier performance. I wonder, do you have a suggestion now that you are a coach? Like, how do you how do you scale that? You, you obviously it'd be really difficult, time intensive, mm-hmm. complicated, and I would imagine most coaches aren't compensated well enough to really dig in and get all like the level that you and your coach work at is so specific and yeah. deep that like could you ever accomplish that across a team? Or how are you able to kind of, again, come back to that balance idea, kind of, for best possible outcomes, meet somewhere in the middle?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And that's hard. Um, And I think some of that comes for the athlete, for Mm -hmm. looking at, by the time you're coming to college, by the time you're finishing up high school, you kind of have an idea of what type of training works for you. Mm -hmm. And then it's about finding a program that their overall philosophy fits to that so you have you know you there are college programs that are gotcha. high mileage programs right and you know that when you go there that's what you're gonna expect they,
0: okay gotcha. um,
1: and so there's a little bit of you know the onus is a little bit on you to sort of to sort of when you're coming out of co- high college coming out of high school saying okay I, s- I know what this program's about I see the general mold that this that this school fits under mm-hmm. um, can I fit into that with some tweaking that I that we're able to do Um, But, but yeah, I mean, that's the question as a coach. It's, it's hard, it's hard to adapt. Um, And I think, you know, there, I've, I've been at, I've, I've seen some coaches where, you know, for for me, for example, I've, I've had, and one, open communication with your coach is huge. Like there was a, there was a little bit of time um, in grad school where uh, you know, I couldn't handle the mileage, so mm-hmm. it would be, okay, everyone's doing a 10-mile tempo. Peter, you do a 6-mile f- tempo. Yeah. Everyone's doing 20 by 400. Peter, you do 10 by 400. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to that confidence of where I'm able to step up to the line and say, oh, I can beat this guy because I'm working harder than him. I can mm-hmm. beat this guy. I, that was all gone because I couldn't, I couldn't tell myself
0: hmm.
1: I'm going to beat this guy. Yeah. Because I'm objectively just doing less than he is. Right, right. And so for me, it was about having a conversation with the coach saying, wait a second, I can't be doing less than him. I need to yeah. be doing different than him.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so
1: and so, if you can be at a place where you can, and if you can be at a place where you can have a very open dialogue with your coach mm-hmm. and be sort of an advocate for yourself, you need to be able to advocate for yourself and say, hey, yeah. that's not working. Or, hey, I did some, I did some hill workouts in high school. That was helpful for me. Do you think we could Maybe incorporate we shoot, that in? Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, so yeah, so
0: a, a hard, it's a hard balance, but. I think it's one that coaches can That's make. so intriguing. We actually had a conversation about this literally yesterday about the the value of open communication mm. and I and and to this point mutual trust because you can yeah. certainly uh, acknowledge a situation where the college head coach mm. may or may not trust the opinions of like a freshman or a sophomore and comes in yeah. and says like hey this is how I did it in high school maybe I should try this. Uh-huh. So that back and forth, I'm sure you had to kind of earn that voice a little bit. Is that fair to say, or, or was your? Oh yeah, period, oh, yeah.
1: No, uh, yeah. I think I think, yeah. It's gotten, to, you know, it's gotten to a point where where yeah, I could show up to the track and say, hey, t- you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little off today, or mm-hmm. hey, and and he takes, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Yep, we're not doing it today. Right. Tomorrow. He trusts. you. And he trusts, you know. And there's yeah. there's there's a nice, you know. And then I'll fight back, we're like, oh no, but we could. He's like, no, you said you weren't feeling great. We're done. We're just gonna. Um, and so sometimes that's important, you know. And, and I see it in Northwestern. You know, we have we have the, the the coaches at Northwestern are great. Have uh, Coach Haynes and uh, Austin are, are, you know, just this, this past year, we had a girl come in and say, Hey, you know what? I, I, I really want to be able to do a little bit more mileage. I think that was helpful for me in, 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 in high school. And it's, and it was a discussion. It was okay. Yeah. You want, you think you want to, you want to do that. Okay. Let's think about an intelligent way to make this adjustment for you. Let's think about, and every, you know, every athlete has their own training plan. Every athlete has their own, Mm -hmm. um, their own, you know, spreadsheet that says what the mileage are supposed to be doing. And it's, and it's fun to sort of witness that those wheels kind of turning and that mm-hmm. sort of um, that sort he's of referencing. He must be referencing the logo. Well, there you go, um, and sort of that, yeah, collaboration because it should be mm-hmm. collaborative, right? It should be it should be this. Athletes want to get better. Coaches want you to get better. Yep. Let's make it work and let's yep. let's let's hear each other out. Yep. In this in you know in this in this process.
0: Totally right. There's no other way. There's there's just no other way. Yeah. Um, no one knows your body better than you. And you could make the argument that no one knows, you know, training the science behind the training better yeah. than a coach who's been hired as a professional to do this. Yeah. So some marriage between best practice and individualization, like 100, that makes sense to me.
1: And it's hard. It's hard to find it a coach hard. that's willing to put hard. in the time and do that. But I've been so lucky to, you know, be surrounded yeah. by that. And well,
0: uh, and in like we talk about the ripple effect all mm. the time. Now you're that person. Trying. You know I'm what I mean? My it, I'm true, trying my man. best. It's
1: trying my best. True. I have a plug that I'd like to make. Let's do it. Well, not really a plug. I have no stake. I zero stake. I want to hear, hear the zero um, stake just. It's just, it's just uh, you guys talking about coaching. Yep. I think it relates to the coaching conversation. There's You guys talk about coaching. There's this podcast called uh, Magnus and Marcus Podcast, if you've ever okay. heard of it. Um, and they talk about track-specific coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this, you know, just kind of relating what you were saying to um, – I don't know. I was just just kind of when I was driving over here and thinking of some things to talk about. This is something that popped in my head because it's a, it's a podcast that I share with a lot of friends, and I thought it was something that was really meaningful, and I recommend it. Yeah, uh, it's Magnus and Marcus Magnus and Marcus podcast, and it's um, specifically this one podcast called uh, Culture and Belonging, mm-hmm. um, and it's with uh, this coach named Mike Smith, who is you know NCAA. He's, Mike he, Smith. He coaches at um, that's really familiar. He coaches at NAU. He used to coach up in Georgetown. He's just a really, really smart coach.
0: Are there some pretty good programs down in that region? Is that why? Yeah. So
1: NAU's NCAA champs. Like right. they've, you know, they're right. crushing it. They're yeah. crushing it. Yeah. You know, years now, sort of perennial powerhouse. Yeah. Um, and and so he's, you know, he's just he he talks in this podcast. He talks about how he's how he fosters sort of a culture on this team that's positive and productive. That's that's not worried about, you know, repeating, becoming, you know, defending state title, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sorry, defending NCAA titles, but instead sort of staying in, zoomed in on the process and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of getting, getting putting one step in front of the other. Yeah. Um, and instead of being defensive, sort of staying, staying active. But anyway, so if you guys, I would highly recommend listening to the podcast. It's one of the, it's one of those. Um, and he talks a little bit, they, you know, they collectively talk about this idea of, of, of tension. Mm-hmm. In sport and and how it doesn't quite fit into the conversation you're having. No, but I like this, it. Go on. It's this idea that, um, that yeah, you, you're always dealing with tension, whether it's muscular tension, you've got mm-hmm. things, you know, and, and so you're, you're trying to, you know, you're, you're stressing and you're backing off. You're stressing, you're backing mm-hmm. off. Um, and then also sort of team dynamic tension and, and trying to kind of, you know, have an energy and a, and a culture on your team that's positive. And so the the, the, the phrase they use is dancing with tension. Um, hmm. Which I think is kind of a nice idea when you're sort of talking about so him sort of as the as the captain of the ship as sort of the puppet master of this team mm-hmm. you know if I keep using I keep using some analogies I like it um, he sort of is, is, is sort of trying to, to 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 try and manage this tension in ways that, that are that's mm-hmm. making everyone move forward and and be exciting so I don't know so that's something that I that I that I that I try when I when I see Hav and Austin coaching and, and managing this. Northwestern team. When I see other coaches, I sort of try and look at it through the lens of, of of sort of dancing with tension and sort of trying to to manage these different personalities, manage the expectations that they have, sort of manage the the, um, the 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 specialization, you know, the the inputs that they want to sort of have in on their training versus the mold that the coach wants it to fit into and things like that. It's sort of this nice. Uh, I've, I've found it to be kind of a nice way of thinking about it. I love um, that but idea. But they they talk about it much better than I do. No, no. And you, so I, I recommend it if if people are interested in in coaching and track and field coaching and that kind of stuff. I recommend that podcast because they are um, there's some really smart people talking about some cool stuff. So very I recommend it.
0: I really like that idea, and and you're making me kind of reflect on okay. So a football season, we might have 80 kids on a roster. Yeah. So to completely individualize mm-hmm. is. It's impossible yeah, it's logistically impossible, but i I if I can be so bold, I will say I really do kind of do my best to get a little bit of that yeah and, but but that that uh dancing with tension that puppeteering idea that feels to me it's a very resonant metaphor because I feel like that's what I'm doing as I'm sort of scanning and like, yeah. even like integrating into the sideline the kids that aren't getting in it's yeah like that it's like how much do I push or pull mm-hmm. on this kid in a given moment, knowing, yeah. you know, given our history and, and everything that he's been through. Yeah. And, and, and how do I do it for the starting quarterback compared mm-hmm. to the, you know, yeah. where the, the third string holder on field goal, yep. you know. Um, it is sort of a push and pull and it, yeah. and it goes day by day and, and it's different when we've just come in from, uh, because it's raining outside, come into the gym than mm-hmm. it is when it's 90 degrees out in the summer. And it is, it, there's really, the thing that continues to come back to me is that um, there is no other way but then to get good at dancing with tension. Yeah. that I, I really like that yeah. metaphor a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think it's John
1: Marcus's phrase that yeah. he sort of uses. But yeah, it's this idea of, yeah, sometimes you're, sometimes you're bringing people up. Sometimes you're, you know, you're bringing them down. Some, not bringing them down, but sometimes you're managing their energy in yeah. different
0: ways. Sometimes you need to bring their, their egos down. Yeah, exactly. We and just it's, talked it's, about that in this room. This yeah. is a perfect point. So <laughs> we're sitting here on the North Shore yeah. um, in, a, in, a, in a white-collar area in a blue-collar space doing mm-hmm. blue-collar work yeah. and, and running, by all accounts, I think, is very blue-collar work. It's show up, like you said, yeah. forget the weather, okay, you're sore, so Like okay, get yeah. out the door, get your shoes on, Like let's go. And it's gotta be painful if you wanna grow, to yeah. some extent, obviously. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, we, we talked about the value of that. We, we brought this up yesterday, Alex and I did. I just did the dishes in my apartment yesterday. I there hadn't done them, I, <laughs> yeah. and that's go. the New podcast. Year's resolution, Publicist. done for the year. <laughs> yeah, that's right, once a year, yeah. early January. <laughs> No, but like, but honestly, they, there were, there were too many mugs in the sink. I don't know. We talk about coffee. I like coffee. I had too many mugs in the sink. Why did, why, why did I wait and -hmm. like let the mugs, like multiple mugs accumulate Mm. before I did the dishes? Simple. Uh, I had a freaking dishwasher when I was a kid. Yeah. It's like that, like not to, not to be too lame about it, but like you have to, the, the, all of this stuff is learned. Mm. Um, a, and I don't know how that maps on to dancing with tension per se but it does seem like that is there are th- these thresholds that we toy with all the time yeah. you don't want to have someone like I shouldn't have to do the the uh, dishes for the whole block, yeah. but I probably should have had to do my own yeah. if I wanted that quality to transfer. And because I got soft on it, yeah. uh, mugs pile up in the sink for yeah. me now. So so that's where I wouldn't have need to, I, I, I know now, it's because we talked about you don't want to bring kids down. Yeah. But sometimes you need to kid bring kids down to earth.
1: Fair, right? Fair. Yeah, um, and, that's, and that's why they used, I think it was, you know, they were specific about saying dancing because yeah. it's this give and take, this push yeah. and pull, not managing. It's not sort of this management thing. It's this right. sort of, this sort of... Um, you know, it's a very two-sided mm-hmm. operation where you're getting immediate feedback and you're yeah. trying to really work with, work to provide the best sort of, you know, the best sort of uh, guidance in, yeah. in ways. So, so I don't know. It's been, it's, it's fun. I've been lucky to be surrounded by coaches that I think do a great job of this, and I'm just sort of a sponge trying to soak it up. And there you go. And uh, and then wring
0: we'll it out on the people you work with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you exactly. go. So, um, anyways, I, I digress. digress. No, you it didn't. A little, do, but
1: it, it I thought it's perfect.
0: I think it it was a it was a point that I thought, you know, I was like, oh, this is something that I The that timing's actually excellent. Because Okay. Our number one podcast from last year. Uh-huh. We just put this out online was Gary Ryan. I liked that runner. one. It's, you like that yeah, one? Yeah,
1: especially yeah, I liked, I was actually gonna bring that up because he spoke a lot about the relationship with coaches and mm-hmm. the relationship that he had with his coaches and that they're 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 a family sort of vibe and that's totally. um and that's you know something that i think that i relate with that's something that that's really important you know you need to have that very candid open communication and, mm-hmm. and um anyways yes
0: i well, like that podcast it was excellent Continue. i appreciate it and he's a wonderful guy yeah. honestly he's got like that just weird and genuine irish humility cool. and like because he's like he's like you know world caliber yeah he's but, but, Olympian, but totally yeah. humble yeah and um like he started off in soccer. He just yeah. like played and enjoyed playing and pushed hard and, mm-hmm. and kept going. But um, you, you mentioned feedback a couple of times. I've got to touch on this. Uh, your sport in particular, mm. um, I, I think anything where it's semi-standardized, so whether it's running a specific distance or swimming a specific distance mm. or lifting, you know, doing a certain rep for a certain, you know, output of repetitions uh, at, a, at a certain intensity is like – it is so quantifiable. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and the feedback loop is genuine. If you're a quarterback, sometimes you throw two picks because mm-hmm. the opposing defense, the opposing coordinator called the right defense yeah. and their guys are fantastic and opportunistic. Yeah. But that does, and they might not give you the most accurate feedback on mm-hmm. how you prepared. Yeah. Sports like yours, and I think get, we get into this in, in Gary's podcast earlier, and yeah. I know I felt it in my own life is like, if you all of a sudden, if we go out there today mm-hmm. and I beat you in a, in a 400, yeah. I, the, that's a moment for you to reflect <laughs> you know but but you check like okay so, so yeah. where did i go wrong you know, Yeah. did i did i pull an all-nighter last night and mm-hmm. you know where within this process did it did it get thrown off
1: yeah i, I and a i think teacher in that way i totally agree and that's something i think about a lot actually because it's um because this sport by virtue of being so quantifiable mm-hmm there's nowhere to hide, right? Like you could, again, yeah, you could be a, a quarterback who threw for 600 yards in a game, but it was against the pee-wee team or whatever. Right. You know, you don't right. know that. But you run a mile in X, yep. that is a time that is universal mm-hmm. around the globe, right? That is a, that, there's no, there's no place to hide. And, and, yeah. and in, you know, and I think when when you even zoom out and compare that to other sport, right? Like in the soccer field, if you're having a bad day, you're one of 11. You know, it's gonna be you're you know you'll make a bad you make a bad play you make a bad you have a bad ten minutes whatever you still got eighty minutes to sort it out. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, on the track you make a bad decision. Like there's nowhere to hide. You are one of twelve people on a track on the oval. Mm -hmm. The gun goes off. There's no timeout. There's Mm -hmm. no there's no opportunity to sort of hit the reset button. There's no um and so and so the, the the nerves associated with that sort of the the spotlight associated with running track. Um, was really, it's it's something that takes a while to get used to, and it's mm-hmm. something that that, uh, that you know, and, and, and you know, regardless of whether the stakes are high or not, you're in a you're in an eighth grade mile, and there's your, only your parents are there watching, but there is still this feeling of of high stakes. There's still this spotlight, and that if I screw up, if I get lapped, everyone's going to see that, and there is no way, of there is no way of sort of fading into the background and just having an off par day. Granted, you miss a couple layups or whatever, but the coach yeah. calls a timeout and, and you're, you're right, subbed right. in or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't know so yes I, I i think that there is that it is a unique it's unique in in that in that quantifiable nature and also unique in that it's not quantifiable just in that this time can be compared to other times across the country, but it's the stakes are raised because it's you are competing neck and neck with someone else, yep, and if you lose it's very apparent, yeah um yeah. And it's <laughs> there's no one, you can't rest on anyone else's shoulders than right. That's right. your own.
0: Your goalie can't pull off an unbelievable once-in-a-lifetime save exactly. and your flaw yeah. didn't cost the team. Yeah, no, it's it's totally right. It's an important, so some people are going to hear this and be like, ooh, that sounds intense. You know, we, we live in that sort of atmosphere. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the conversation between, uh, where we distinguish between guilt and shame. Have you heard this before? I have not. So no. like, shame would be... I'm interested though. So... I think guilt is fantastic and uh-huh. necessary and we need to have it. Shame probably necessary in its own sort of evolutionary it's, – it's got its own role. Okay. Um, I don't think we ought to shame people. I think it's okay to make people feel guilty and hold for anyone listening who's upset about that. The difference – you distinguish between the two by saying this. Shame would be hmm. – uh, let me think of an example. So, okay, so you're, you're on the playground and you kick someone. Like you kick another kid. Shame would be saying – Okay, I kick you. Kick that kid because you are bad. Guilt would be no. You, you can't kick that kid. You kick that or you kick that. You hurt them because you made a bad decision. So it's a distinction between like either you are bad or your mm-hmm. decision was bad. One of those two things is correctable. Okay, that, that makes sense. Fair. So um, so guilt is correct. Guilt is correct. Is, 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 guilt is, is, is indicative ne- of the behavior is, is, is that is correct. exactly right. It's Got. the necessary feedback that you get mm-hmm. when you're being honest. When you confront your actions directly. Mm. When you take the metaphor of running and put it into the world and say like, "No, I clear. I mm. was the one that kicked that person. Yeah. Um. There's no. I, there's. No, I'm on display. Yeah. There's no one to blame but me. It doesn't mm. mean that I'm bad. Yeah. Okay. You good runners get beat. Yeah. Right? It doesn't mean that I'm bad. But it means that you know here is this direct, honest, immediate feedback. Yeah. Um, and there's an accountability. Just, there's an
1: accountability there. Yeah. That isn't another you know that maybe yeah maybe if you're the the keeper in a penalty shootout or things mm-hmm. you know not to not to sort of put my put this forward on a plane with that but I've just sort of yeah. it, it is it is yeah there's a, there's a there is a necessary sense of accountability for your own. Yep. effort mm-hmm. your own actions your own decision making right because yeah the coach is yelling at you from you know the coach on a, on a track sometimes the coach in a, in a four lap race the coach can yell at you four times and you hear him right. maybe right. one of those times mm-hmm. but everything else everything that goes on between your ears when that gun goes off and it's this mad frenzy mm-hmm. like that's all on you yeah and every decision you make is your own and every you know if you decide to wimp out you know, I call every race has its sort of, I call it the, uh, the whimper moment. Every race has this moment where you yep. sort of decide to commit no or doubt. decide to fall back. Mm-hmm. You decide to wimp out, that's on you. That's it. You lose by 10 meters, that's on you. You know, whatever. That's there's, right. There is an accountability, and I think you're right. There's an accountability to that.
0: You know, this, out. Alex, there's, you're so right. There's that moment in a squat. like, this is the point where huh. I could s- stop, it'd be okay. No one would blame me. The whimper moment? The whimper moment. I that's love what I that call idea. it. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> TM. <laughs> DM, that's right. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but, DM, the but yeah, button. that's
1: interesting. The squat. Yeah, you could you could tap the bar and someone would sort of help you lift it. Well, you it's just it it's this.
0: It, you go you go down and up. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Alex. It's, it, it, um, maybe I have more flaws in my training than you do. That's very possible. But there's mm. always a point at which you're like, yeah. Look, I could continue going, and mm-hmm. this is gonna hurt. Yeah. Or I could go down and like, eh, whatever. It's a lot of weight. <laughs> like yeah. no one's gonna be that mad at yeah. you. And I think you can tell a lot about a person. Mm-hmm. You know, not to overesteem that moment. Yeah. But like. Do you push through the whimper moment? Yes yeah. or no? Okay, that, that's going to determine you know, so much, Yeah, I think. Um, and so most of my mental preparation
1: for every race is anticipating that moment and then choosing the
0: right thing every time because it's so hard. That. It sucks. That it yeah. sucks. <laughs> I love that. We could go all day on this. Like every yeah. time you say something, I'm like, there's more to be had here. Um, I don't know if people are going to listen to a four-hour podcast, but <laughs> maybe we could do this in parts. Maybe we publish yeah, it in parts. Uh, huh? No, because... It's it's so right. It's yeah, that's so right. interesting.
1: The lifting one, because yeah, again with my with my little hip drops, I never. Really well, if you're dropping the, the hip, I never experience like, the I, moment. Yeah, you know, I never get to that level on the old with my with my five pounders, but yeah, um, that's, but I believe that's true. It, 100%, you, if you're I do.
0: just doing med ball slams, yeah, I mean gravity does you know it helps. It's gonna it happen totally helps. <laughs> yeah. right? You just yeah. slam it. Um, all right, how do you feel, Alex? Good. Lightning round? Sure, let's do it. Get in Uh-oh. here. Uh right. oh. Oh yeah, I'm nervous. The lightning round. Uh, you should be. Oh gosh. We've lost people in the lightning. <laughs> oh, <this>, no.
2: So. <laughs> Nerve-wracking moment. All right.
0: You got this. What was your
2: first job? Lifeguard.
0: How many people did you save?
1: No, none. Well, I had to do, I was like uh, a. <laughs> oh my god. Is yeah. Well, i like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Well, I had to like my dad. My dad does. A, my dad was a plumber, so I do. I had to do a lot of like little odd job plumbing stuff with him. So I don't That's know if right. that counts. All right. Um, but otherwise. Uh, my first City of Evanston lifeguard on the beach.
2: Uh, what was your favorite cereal as a kid?
1: <sighs> Honey Bunch's votes.
2: What superhero do you most relate to? And you can't say The Flash. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh dear. You can say that, The Flash I if you don't, want Yeah, to. no, I don't have a great answer relate for that.
1: Relate uh, Yeah, relate to. They all just got Maybe relate to is the wrong word. I'm lucky that I don't. That I've, yeah, maybe relate to is the wrong yeah. That I haven't had to which you like the most. endure so many hardships. <laughs> um, which do I like the most? I, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. My problem is I haven't. I don't know where they all stand right now in the world of the of the superheroes. I know they started fighting each other, which really stressed me out <laughs> at one point. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm gonna. It was I'm a like, stressful moment. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't know. But you know, Superman's cool. But I don't know. What? I don't know. It's stress. He's fought. They fight each other. Yeah. I, got no, I got nothing on that what? one. I'm sorry. No, I'm exposing my limited superhero <laughs> this knowledge. This is
0: so embarrassing for you. I know. that Uh
2: What does your pre-competition routine look like?
1: Oh, wow. So my teammates probably make fun of me. Well, they do make fun of me. I'm, I'm pretty particular. I, when it, for me, there's a very big difference between racing and training. Um, mentally, emotionally, it's a whole different kind of experience. Um, and so my, my teammates would, you know, they, they they make fun of me for, for that. I, I have to, I have, I'm, I need to be able to do me. That's sort of the thing. And Peter's got to go do you. But yeah, I, I you know, I have a, a part of it is, is routine. Um, what's nice is now, now since I've um, spent a lot of time racing and traveling for races uh, every once in a while, like uh, you, you can't, you can't. Sort of be too locked down to your routine. You can't be. Hey, I need to have my eggs before breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. I, I don't. I need to be able to have my eggs my eggs before the race because sometimes you have to have. You know, what's at the hotel is you know right. cold fish, and you're like, this is an odd breakfast choice. But hey, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like to be able to do me. I like to have my you know my my day before get my get my strides and get what I needed to get done. I do some visualization. I prepare myself morning of the race. A little shakeout. Um, get to the track early. Um, prepare myself and, and get to the line. So. I like won't get into specifics, but it's a little weird. <laughs> uh,
2: what is one daily habit you have that you feel makes you more successful? Or a piece of technology is the add-on to that. Daily habit.
1: Um, I do this, I do kind of like, a, I do like a little sort of drill before bed, which is probably odd, but I kind of do, this, do. A, and I've been doing forever, I sort of do this uh, this march, a little stretch before bed that kind of, um, I don't know uh, that I think makes me better <laughs> probably <laughs> doesn't but yeah I like. To, I don't know I, I before bed I stretch a little bit in a way that I think you know sets that set you know gets me gets me ready for bed and sort of reminds me okay tomorrow I'm gonna have to get up and run um, and I think that's sort of a nice what does it
0: look what does that about. march look
1: like it's a Maybe. little bit like an a skip I'm, I'm just, just in place kind yeah of? it's like a, you know it's like uh it's it's odd no one's told me to do it it's it's but something decided, that I've just, decided yeah. to do and it's yeah. something yeah, it's just like a, a running form, sort of, okay, yeah. stay tall, stay, um, you know, high knees, just sort of, I'm not working up a sweat. It's just something like, okay, let's reinforce this positive movement pattern. Let's stay let's stay engaged in, in, in what running feels like. All right, time
0: for that. Was there someone that told you to do that, or did you read something about that?
1: Nope.
0: Matthew, <laughs> so we, we brought up Matthew Walker. There, there have been studies on, um, <clears throat> I think it's pianists, uh-huh. piano players. Okay. Piano, players. <laughs> piano players, piano players who, if they train mm. just before bed, yeah, uh, the patterns are essentially encoded with greater frequency, regularity. Um, uh, I forget the exact parameters of the study, but it like it records better. Yeah, you know I mean? so you, could, you could play it fifteen mm. times over the course of a day. Yeah, it gets sort of incrementally better. But what you do usually is you is you chunk out parts of it and then play that part and play that part and hmm. up in between. Cool. if you do it right before bed to sleep on it these movement patterns become more fully integrated. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, be- I
1: mean I can't I will I'm not endorsing this strategy to anyone. I won't I'm not telling maybe- any high school runners out there to, to, to do this marching March place. To bed. Um but it was just something I don't know for uh, for some reason when I'd climb into bed i felt like I uh, yeah I don't know sometimes you know you, you're not laying in bed quite right your knees a little off in a weird spot mm. or whatever and it's a nice way to sort of reset I get right before bed I get out of bed I kind of do a little stretch I kind of find, find that equilibrium again, and then I can get into bed saying, okay, I'm, I feel like yeah. I'm not going to wake up with a cramp, or I'm not going to wake up and feel like, oh, I slept on my knee wrong, or I slept on my... So anyways, don't endorse it. Don't know if there's any science behind it. It's a pattern that I've convinced myself that is... It's a, it's a habit that I've convinced myself makes me better. So that's, I think that'll, that'll have to do.
2: <laughs> I, had, I had a joke formulating in my head because I have some memory of being like, told to march myself to bed as a kid, but I exercised better judgment, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to share it with the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> I bet it would
0: have been really fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already I laughing. I want everyone out there it. to just think about what the joke would have mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. and
2: yeah. What is the biggest challenge you faced, and how did you grow from it? Athletically? Anything.
1: I'll, I'll say athletically, just because that's where we're at. Um, I'd say injury. I, I, um... And that's more broadly, but but more specifically, I had you know some some serious vitamin D deficiency stuff. My bones were super brittle, kept breaking things, um, and just yeah, just kind of this 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 pattern in college of of, of being of being pretty banged up and trying to race through stress stress fractures when I needed to, and trying to train through stress fractures when I needed to, and then. Um, and then trying to be motivated, sort of like we were talking about earlier, when all your friends are going out and you're sitting in the freezing cold pool. I don't know how swimmers do it, honestly. I'm wildly impressed by them by going there every morning. But I, you know, there's few things that I struggle with more than jumping and jumping in the pool and getting laps in and staring at the black line. Um, so yeah, greatest challenge I've, I've faced was was um, was yeah probably you know junior year at Princeton when when it was coming around springtime and and I couldn't be I couldn't race and I'm sitting there biking and my friends are doing really cool stuff on the track and I wanted to be a part of it on relays and things and was excited for them but um, but it's sort of one of those moments where you really think and say hey is this worth it is this what I want to be doing um, and uh, and yeah I'm stronger stronger for that for those moments definitely but yeah injuries they beat you up in this whole sport like
2: they do in any sport what advice would you, as a leader, give to a future leader who is hoping to embark on a similar journey?
1: For me, athletically, I guess just a you know, um, not not sort of from a coaching side or a professional side, but for me, athletically, just really patience um, is what I would what I would focus on, and that's sort of what I would tell younger me too. And that it's easy to kind of it's easy to kind of um, Get impatient and want and want things to happen more quickly and um, and to be frustrated with progress and to be frustrated with with where you're at and that's something that you know that I think that I think Coach McHugh does does a good job of preaching for him it's consistency it's all we got to do we don't have to do, we're not making a break in a season today let's just get the work in let's be consistent um, and be patient with with trusting that this this progress will will, will manifest itself in a race eventually um, and so for me yeah I would say just be patient. Know that this sport takes time to get good at. It's going to take days, weeks, months, years of consistent work that build upon each ho- themselves. Um, and uh, don't don't try to rush that.
0: Has that applied to the other areas? Everything you, patience be a
1: theme there. Um. Yes. Yes. I have to think about it. Um. I'd say there's definitely, you know, there's definitely a sense that you have to kind of pay your dues. Wherever you are too, and and that's a different side of patience. That's a you know that's a different side of yeah. I mean I mean for me yeah. You come in as a freshman and you're getting your butt kicked in every workout, and it's like hey this isn't this feels like crud, but I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna be patient and get get through this and sort of paying your dues early on. And 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 yeah, I think professionally whether you're starting out at the bottom level of a you know at a at a you know for me I'm I'm, I'm I work as a research assistant now, which has been good and really productive, but it's you know, you're sort of working your way through the ranks and it's something that's that's interesting, a researcher out, uh, out east and also being volunteer assistant, and you're sort of working working through the ranks and, and, and just just trust that um, trust that the big picture is is manifesting, trust that the big picture is 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 coming together, even if it's a little you know, even if it's happening slowly, let yourself I don't know. For me, I, I think about zooming out and zooming in quite a bit. So it's and I think about this for seasons and things not to not to get too off track. But um, I think it's important to zoom out, especially at the beginning of seasons, especially big milestones, whether it's the new year, things like that. And to sort of set those tangible long term goals. But then the majority of my time needs to be sent zoomed in, it needs to be spent on the day to day, one day at a time, one meal at a time, one workout at a time, one whatever. Um, and, and, and not that you're bogged down in those details, but that you're sort of reveling in those details, that you're enjoying those details, that you're enjoying the process and being a part of that day-to-day and trusting that, I don't know, you know, uh, this was done with intention. I made, past Peter made a choice that put me on this path and I'm gonna trust what he said and I'm gonna do what I do and then let myself zoom out and be a part of it. So yeah, I think that patience in general and, and, and trusting the process Applies to to yeah whether it's whether it's paying your dues on the track or whether paying your dues in the professional world or and that doesn't mean don't be hungry and don't push for what you want and don't be engaged and and and, and challenge where you're at um, but it means for me it means trust that you're that you're getting where you want to go if you've put the things in place that'll that'll get you there.
0: All right, so you survived the lightning round. Thank goodness. goodness. Uh, I don't know I don't know close. how well I
1: survived
0: listen but I made here? It. it wasn't like you're here also. Like Shoot. You oh dear uh-huh. maybe slowed it down but maybe like a no it's good well um it was excellent um slowed it down because pacing is you were talking about interval pacing oh, today it will not be slow unfortunately full. hopefully circle. full circle okay so here's here's where we're at we are going to call it for today you welcome back anytime thanks for having no me. no question um there is so much to be learned from this sort of process, and I hope not only do I hope it sounds like you're gaining an incredible amount from it. I um, part of me like really is excited about that for you. Obviously, nice. I like you. I want you to do well. All right this kind of stuff. And, and but and I and I really hope that um, you are able because of the kind of person you are and the and the platform that you have are able to give this back to people. Because I think, uh, like we've already mentioned, that um, there is. There are a few sports where process process yields product mm. this cleanly. Um, like I said, you don't always get that feedback in life. Yeah. What what an incredible metaphor um, for a career or even a relationship mm. that that cross country that running as a sport could be. So uh, thanks for all that you do. Thanks for all that you're going to do. Uh, we're really excited for you. We'll continue to post for people who listen to this. We'll continue to uh, post updates on you as competition season starts to heat up if you're cool with that absolutely Uh, i know you Mm -hmm. you shy away from the spotlight (laughs) just kidding um so (laughs) So, so, yeah (laughs) uh so so we'll put it out there um someone worth following so yeah thanks Thanks for being here thanks for having me guys it's a lot of fun this week's episode is brought to you by remind recover remind recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout remind recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function i am a huge fan of remind recover it is as close to the science as any supplement i've seen and feel free to check out their website for more it's remindrecover.com and when you go there if you want to place an order and I recommend it use the code Athlete for a discount on checkout